This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everyone. Tim right here, along with Dr. Michael Green. And uh, Michael, I'm going to do something a little different today. I want to tell a little story that will set up uh, the topic for today. And uh, and then we'll mention our sponsors and then dive into it. Um, because this is a topic that I actually uh, was working with with my congregation uh, a couple weeks ago. And so here's the story, and it's, it's going to have a little bit of uh, some salty language to it. And I, okay. I even use the salty language in church. But uh, it's a friend of mine told me this story. They were on an intersection here in Phoenix at a stoplight. And right in front of them, a car ran a red light and smashed into a car in front of them. And it was one of those really horrific crashes where the car flipped on its side. And um, I, I've been involved or near accidents and that sound of metal against metal. It's just, it's horrifying. So my friend and his wife, some other people jumped out of the car, uh, their cars to go see uh, what was happening with the passengers in the accident. They were expecting the worst. And out of the car that had flipped over, the windows were all broken out. A head popped out. And it was a woman, and her eyes were big as saucers. And she looked around, and she said, damn, what was that? And uh, as I told that story uh, to our congregation, I said, that's probably a good catchphrase for what we've been through these last two to three years. Uh, mm -hmm. It seems like we have been hit by a red light running car uh, over and over again. We had COVID. We had George Floyd and the summer of racial discontent. We had an election of a new president and immediately was called into question. We had uh, the Capitol uh, riot and, and uh, calls for Mike Pence to be hanged. We've had Ukraine invaded, Uvalde mm -hmm. shootings, uh, global warming stuff. And um, there was an article in USA Today uh, not too long ago that talked about this as well and just uh, how we have sort of reached collectively this point of fatigue. We feel overwhelmed. And that leads to the question that we have today. Uh, if it's impacted us as adults this way, it's certainly impacted our kids. And so the, the listener was asking the question, how do we help our kids navigate their way out of this fear we have lived in for a couple of years? Mm. So we're going to come back to that. That's our question yep. for today. Mm -hmm. uh, our sponsors, uh, by the way, we want to thank would be Greg Jantz, Dr. Greg Jantz and the great folks up in the Seattle area. And they are uh, doing a, a, uh, some work for people who are going through crisis and trauma, like we're talking about right now. Uh, we know that anxiety went up dramatically. Depression went up dramatically during these last couple of years. If you need any help, go to wonderparenting.com and you'll get a link to the Center of Place of Hope. And then, Michael, tell us about Man Cave. Yeah, so Man Cave is... Um... Um, men need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged. So it's a fatherhood program, a nurturing fathers program, a partnership with City of Phoenix, My Brother's Keeper, Greater Phoenix Urban League. Uh, so it started in Phoenix, and it was founded by Marion Hill. 
and uh, and now it is spreading nationwide. And if you go to wonderofparenting.com, which is our our podcast site, you'll see the logo, you'll see a PDF that tells you what they're doing and how to access them. Uh, so go to wonderofparenting.com and look at that. And so Marion Hill is the founder of that, and he is also speaking uh, at the Helping Boys Thrive Virtual Summit on October 8th, and I'll be joining him and speaking there as well. Uh, and you can access that by helping go to helpingboysthrive.org slash boys initiative, helpingboysthrive.org slash boys initiative. And you can just link and get tickets and it's virtual. So it's very easy. And if you can't come on that Saturday, you can watch all the videos for weeks after. So that's uh, that sponsor. And then I want to sponsor, <laughs> I, I, I segued there. So Tim, uh, you, I don't know if you all have heard about it, but our Tim Wright, our hero, Tim Wright has written a coming of age young adult novel. It's for middle readers and up and, uh, heck, I think even lower the middle readers, if they're good readers would love this. And, uh, so really parents ought to read it and then, you know, read it to their kids, uh, whatever age they think it's a very safe novel, a really neat novel. Um, it's the adventures of Toby Baxter, the river elf, the giant and the closet. The Adventures of Toby Baxter, The River Elf, The Giant, and The Closet. You can get it on, on Amazon. Uh, you can get it on uh, TimWrightMinistries.com. Do I have that right, Tim? Uh, TimWrightBooks.com. T- TimWrightBooks.com. Yep. Um, and it's it's a coming-of-age adventure. Uh, this boy, he's just about 13, and some magical things happen, and he goes to this other realm, and it's you know, it's a sort of like, you like the Hobbit and the Tolkien, uh, if your kids like that, you know, Percy Jackson, anything in that realm, they will love this book. Toby Baxter, The Adventures of Toby Baxter, The River Elf, The Giant, and The Closet. Thank you. Appreciate that. A uh, couple of quotes here. Um, we've all reached the point of emotional exhaustion, and there is such a thing as crisis fatigue. Our brains and our bodies can only be in a heightened state of alert for so long, and it's not natural for us to stay there. And uh, another um, person wrote this, uh, we are now overwhelmed to the point where we feel like we don't have the capacity to deal anymore. Um, It's difficult concentrating, it's mental tiredness, uh, it's all those things that we experience when we've reached our capacity. And uh, specifically, we want to talk today about helping our kids get through this time. But I would imagine if we're going to help our kids get through this time, we got to help ourselves get through this time as well. And um, sometimes, you know, I think we're ready to to move on, but there's our bodies are tense. We're just waiting to get hit again by the next thing. You know, what's the next monkeypox going to be? So, Michael, let's talk a little bit first about because you're you're a behavioral therapist. Let's just talk about some ways for us as adults to manage these periods of what seem to be unrelenting stress. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so first of all, I mean, this the quotes you read are really so important and so true. The When cortisol levels are high for long periods of time, which yeah. they are when we're under stress, they start to rewire the way the brain works. And mm. what, we're, what we want to try to do is um, uh, create, you know, safe situations, secure situations, so that that child's brain doesn't go through that rewiring toward, as you've said, anxiety, depression, etc. And uh, we've talked previously in this program about how how we kept all that fear alive, and we put so much of it on our kids that they might be the killers of their grandparents and all of that stuff. Yeah. And p- part of why we did that 
there was a sort of social peer pressure around that. And some of it came from on high and it came from shutting schools down and all of that. Um, so what we have to do is realize that, that we can't do that anymore. All right. So the first thing that I think is going to be really inspiring for people to help them, for kids to help them get out of the fear mode is that they know that their parents and their schools and everyone is saying, we won't do that anymore to you. So this year will be different. And if if it isn't different, anyone listening to this and their school system isn't different, their school system is going to still require the kids to wear masks, let's say, uh, or, um, uh, you know, et cetera, then I think the parents need to go to the school and talk to them about it. Because we now know that the social isolation behind the mask, isolating away from school, isolating from family and all that, that is what primarily created the high cortisol. It was the social isolation that created so much stress. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Initially, people said, well, it was the COVID, right? COVID is a dangerous disease, which of course it was and still is. But the but COVID didn't hit these kids, right? Very few kids got severely sick or died from COVID, and very few kids passed the disease on to someone else, et cetera. So it wasn't the disease. It was our reaction to the disease. And um, we need to now set up a world in which we're not reacting that way uh, for, this, for the sake of our children. So that would be the first thing I would say that's going to be the most important, because then it leads to the second thing, which is that to cure this kind of pain, um, to bring cortisol levels down, right, and um, allow kids to get back what people call back to normal, uh, requires us to have relationships with them. So they need to be in constant relationship. So the hormones that that occur in us when we're in relationship with a child, the child feels those hormones and those pheromones and, and the child's brain calms down and the child um, feels better. And relationship is the best cure as trauma response. It's the best we can do to help kids who have been um, traumatized. And it's what all of us teach when we do trauma informed training is form relationships with them. And in those relationships, you know, uh, love them, care about them, give them attention, et cetera. So we need to be forming relations with them, concentrating on relationships with them. Um, connected to that is we're going to have to get them and ourselves off of media and social media. Uh, really got to cut that stuff out for a while because e even the fear I still see out there, even though, you know, COVID is now endemic, not pandemic, uh, um, we still see it out there. It's still being thrown at us 
and um, and all the other fears, like you mentioned, Ukraine and all these things. So those are all real. They're all out there. But we need to protect our kids from that. So that means less social media, less media, more relationship time, more playing games around the dinner table, let's say, more taking walks, more time in nature, more exercise, better sleep. So no media before sleep that invades sleep, right? All of those good habits we need now and and not not media. Um, uh, so a little is going to happen, but basically get away from media. So what here? What are we doing? We're cutting out the sources of the fear. We're we're saying to mm-hmm. the systems, the social systems, like school systems, etc., that we really need you to no longer be pushing the fear. Uh, and and you know we're not faulting the teachers. The policies came from above them, right? It 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 isn't that they themselves. The policies came from on high and told them what to do. And um, so we're, that that environment is not going to be a fear environment anymore. The family system is is uh, no longer a fear environment for the family system because we're all relating. And then we're cutting out the media, social media fear. Um, and then we're and then on the other hand, we're sending them more into nature, more into relationships, more into good sleep, good eating habits, and all these things, which are going to help to stabilize brain function and bring brain function back to equanimity and out of this high cortisol. I know that uh, one of your answers is going to be, you have to know your child, but there is a lot happening in the world. Uh, and we, we, I listed off some of those things, these, these really big ticket items that have just sort of piled on top of each other. When is it appropriate to invite our kids into those moments in terms of trying to understand them? It's a part of history. It's a part of news. And how do we do that? How do we talk about these things with kids so that we help them keep it in perspective without stressing them out? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I think it, that I'll give a ritual that we did. You know, our our kids weren't exposed to everything all the time, right? We specifically would say to them, okay, we're going to have a Friday night is, a, is our family debate time, you know, dinner table debate time. Okay. Got to make your cases for what you want to debate about. So that means you got to read the newspaper. You got to learn what's going on out there, you know, current events and and all of that. And of course, now uh, then later the Internet as the kids were older and then now social media, you can get current events. Um, uh, So that's a focused time uh, as opposed to two to three hours every day. Right. On media and social media, the kids getting hit with it. Uh, it'd be better to have a focused time and uh, that protects them from being overwhelmed and overstimmed and then moving into fear mode. I'll give an example. Well, a second thing I'm going to say is as parents, don't take extreme positions, right? Take measured positions. Ah. So let me give an example. So so you mentioned the election and then some people say the election was fraudulent and other, you know, et cetera, all of that. Uh, when people take extreme positions on that, they almost always uh, say something to their kids like, you know, everything is falling apart. You know, this is the end. Um, uh, That is an extreme position. And that is passing fear on to the kids. People can disagree with the election uh, and and say, you know, I disagree with that. Here is my evidence. And and then the kids can go, oh, okay, that's interesting evidence. or, I mean, I don't disagree with the election. So on for my side of it, I would be saying, well, 
there, you know, there are people who disagree with the election, but here's the evidence. There's been 87 court cases. It does not look like there was fraud. Uh, here's my evidence, you know, and so no extreme positions, but these conspiracies and extreme positions are really scaring kids because no. they, they're doomsday. And so uh, love the current events, show the kids the current events where appropriate, and please don't take extreme fear-based positions uh, that can really harm the kids. Yeah. I, I'm guessing that kids can feel that they can read our, our own stresses uh, a lot of times. Absolutely. And so uh, part of what I hear you saying is that we need to protect our own selves from too much news, too much social media, not just our kids, but ourselves. Oh, absolutely. We've done programs, right? I mean, we've said this where yep. parents, we have to shut it off. Like no social media at the dinner table, you know, no, not before bed, turn that thing off, put it in the kitchen, not before bed. Uh, it, do rituals to protect yourselves as parents, as adults and as parents, and know that as you protect yourself as adults, you are going to be protecting your kids because mm -hmm. you are going to be less fearful, less stressed, less depressed, you know, et cetera. And that's going to pass on to your kids because children are osmosis. They absolutely pick up the vibes that we're putting off. And, and then, you know, they want to help us. And part of what happens with in the child psyche is the child sees that we're depressed, we're scared, we're mm -hmm. in trouble. And the child tries to save us, but the child cannot. And so then the child is like, well, I can't save my parents. I'm a failure, you know, and all that's unconscious. But then the child's not only taking on all the fear, of the child and the parents, but now the child's a failure because the child can't help the parents. And we just, if we can get out of that cycle um, uh, and just get ourselves to equilibrium and, and um, we'll be passing on more equilibrium to our kids. Yes. Yeah. And just to remind ourselves, we've talked about this so many times, but I, we, we just need to keep repeating it because it keeps sucking us in. Social media works by drawing us in through outrage. Outrage and, and fear. Yep. Outrage and fear. And it's the, uh, you know, you can't turn away from a car crash scenario, right? You don't want to yep. look, but you gotta. Uh, and so what social media does is it makes you angry and then it keeps you angry so that you'll keep consuming their outrage. Yep. And it happens to all of us. And that's part of where this extreme stuff comes is you get social media telling you the world's falling apart and, you know, pretty soon you start believing it, you're stressed out. And then our kids feel that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We focus on what is right around us. You know, mm -hmm. that that's what I would love to see families do. Just focus on what is around us. If there is something going on in our community that is um that is painful, okay, but focus on that. Like mm -hmm. we so don't focus on the 50 things going on elsewhere that do not impact this family. Um focus on what impacts this family. Uh, and that is a way, uh, like an inner mantra, uh, to use, to get us to, to try to set our own personal boundaries and what we pass on to kids based on what's coming in through social media and through TV media, uh, legacy media to, to, uh, try to create a boundary and to even to say this to our kids, we're going to make a change. We're not going to try to deal with the 50 things going on we're now going to deal with what's right around us. So like we just went through a terrible heat wave, which is nothing to say to you because you live in Phoenix. For <laughs> yeah. you, every day is a heat wave. For us, you know, we had the the two, three weeks of the heat dome and the 105. And, cool. and for us, that 
So a lot of the houses here don't have air conditioning so that, you know, it's very painful. And so, you know, so it's like, okay, that is what our family is going to focus on right now. Yeah, it's really hot. What do we do about that? Do we have to move into the basement because we don't air conditioning, you know, at the upper floors? That's really focused. It's really local and it's, it's really family local. And um, I think we should do that as families so that we can cut away the overstim uh, so the outrage and fear cut away the overstim from the 50 things. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's it's difficult right now, in, uh, just because we're so polarized in this country, to be engaged with things that, as Americans, we should be engaged with, without getting ourselves all wound up. And a, and a lot of that is because social media just makes it, you know, these the, the extremes pushes us to the extremes. Um, when I was doing some research for uh, the sermon I did for our congregation on this topic. I came across an interesting quote. This was not from a religious leader. This was from a psychologist. And she said, one of the key ways to dealing with this sense of overwhelmingness or stress is to practice awe. Mm. And she didn't mean that necessarily in the religious sense, although for those of us who uh, you know are part of faith communities, awe makes sense for us. But she said, just getting, and you said this, get out in nature, mm-hmm. focus on something bigger than you are. Um, or focus on someone bigger than you are. And uh, it, her point was, it gives life perspective. And you realize that, you know, there there is something greater going on out there. The season's turning, uh, the waves rolling in, the moon rising and setting. There are things that are happening out there on a much bigger scale that help put things in perspective. And uh, you and you talk about Beautiful. those kinds of things, you know, that get us out into nature, into awe, and how important that is. Yeah, awe and reverence; these things are so important. I love that about the sunset. Uh, every time our brain looks at a sunset, you know, it's it's sending signaling into the brain. It's hmm. affecting the brain, so it's it's not <clears throat> it's not just like aesthetic. Like, oh, I should stop and see the sunset because yeah. it's aesthetically beautiful. Well, it is aesthetically beautiful, but it's affecting the brain. It, it is helping us move toward more equilibrium. And the feelings we have of awe, where we have to take a picture, which we can now do yeah. with our phones, right? Which we have to take a picture of this. That's a feeling of awe. And then our family is near us and we look at how beautiful that is. And then the the kids see how beautiful that is. And, um, and that is affects the mind it it does affect the brain and it also does something awe does something really neat for the brain in this regard too in that it it puts us as a small part of a larger right awe is yep. look how incredible this larger is <laughs> it's so large and so beautiful and we can't but help even if subconsciously understand that we are small and that that is okay yes uh and we cannot control so a gift of it is guess what? I can't control most things. 
Um, social media and the fear constancy and the outrage, as you said, in social media, part of the way it plays on our brains is it it's giving us the illusion that we are in control or mm. can find a way to control any of those 50 things. And the reality is we cannot control any of those 50 things. You know, right. the only thing we can control and that our kids can learn to control is what is right around them and how they respond to the environment right around them. Um, and and if they feel awe, they can feel awe in this environment right around them. And a sub-signal to them is uh, of us cutting ourselves away from all that fear constancy and not, you know, cutting the 50 things away from our mm -hmm. kids' lives uh, to, to a great extent, except for focused debate times, um, is that they are learning the equilibrium of of realizing they're not going to be able to control yeah. this stuff. They can only control you know, I, what they can control. I think back to when we were kids, and life wasn't necessarily easier when we were kids. You know, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis oh, no. and duck and cover and stuff. Life has always been turbulent. But, uh, and this is not to say that life was better when we were kids. But there was a rhythm of life that we lived because we didn't have social media where, you know, basically when it was nice outside, kids go outside, just make sure you're home for dinner, right? And we we could be gone from the house for six, seven, eight hours <laughs> unless we need to run back in for a drink. But we were out playing. We were exercising. We were engaging with kids. Um, life, of course, the pace of life was slower because we didn't have all the things that we have today. And that's not saying good or bad. But there was a rhythm that we we just naturally did that now we almost have to teach. And that's what's a bit different for, as I watch my kids parent their children, they have to teach these rhythms to their kids that for when, when I was a kid just came naturally to us. Mm -hmm. And that's what's made the world a bit different. We have to say to our, our parents now, we're saying on this podcast, you need to get your kids out to play. You need to get your kids out, experience awe. You need to get them off of screens. That's a different dynamic for parents than what we had uh, when we were growing up and you can understand where the the fear just kind of lingers because of that. Oh, I think so. The, if there was an advantage to that, I think I'm pulling out of what you said, add to it is the, is that we, we could only control what was around us. Yeah. And we, we learned that, um, we, we kind of experientially learned like when we go out and play, we're not being stimulated by 50 things from 50 other countries. You know, we're stimulated by what's around us. It's usually nature. If we went to play in nature, as you said, and then the games we developed and how we, how we create boundaries and self-control and self-discipline or lose it and, you know, have a reaction from someone else. And, it, and that's, we're learning in that space. And that's a really good way for the child's brain to learn is in yeah. this this space, this relatively secure space. Um, uh, it can fall apart, but we can put it back together again. It's local. Uh, so I think that was an advantage of our childhoods. Um, and the advantage of the present childhood is people know more. There's more information yeah. they know oh, more, yeah. that's for sure. But it does create this de you know, depression and anxiety and all these things in kids that we're trying to deal with now and say, okay, uh, you know, like you said, we don't need to go back to 1965 mm -hmm. or 1975, but there are certain things that were done well then, yep. and that part was done well. Uh, the kids having freedom to roam in and around their own environment uh, and, and feel the feelings they felt in that environment. That was a smart way to parent. And mm -hmm. it is, of course, the historical way to parent because media wasn't available. Um, right. 
now you're right. Now we have to be like the experts saying to parents, um, you know, <laughs> this one piece of it, it was really smart. You ought to do this one piece of it, even if you don't do anything else. Uh, do this one piece of it. And I hope that the pandemic and social media are inspiring parents to go, oh, oh, yeah, maybe that's right. Yeah. Because I think parents can see now that the fear constancy, the social media, the TikTok and all these things, that these things have some advantages, but that they're basically disadvantageous. Yeah. 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 And you're right. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to go back to 1965. No. Um, there are so many things, so many rich things that my grandkids are experiencing at their age that I didn't get to experience until I was my age, uh, you know, my 60s. Um, but those moments of getting out, using imagination, uh, slowing life down, being present in the moment. Those are all of those things that we have to sort of relearn and teach now that was sort of natural back in day when we didn't have the kinds of things that we have today. So, uh -huh. uh, Michael, this has been very helpful. I know a lot of our parents have been wrestling with this for two, three years now. So thank you so much for your insights. Mm. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back with you again next week, the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Have a great week.